been going through the book of Acts. We've hit uh, some things in the first four chapters already. We're kind of going through just, we're not hitting every verse. We're going through it verse by verse on Wednesday nights. So we're, uh, we're taking it really slow on Wednesday nights. But uh, Sunday, we've just taken highlights. Today, we're in chapter 5. And if you want to get caught up, I'll have, uh, I think last week isn't online yet, but it'll be this week and you can get caught up by getting online on our website. All right, chapter five, but there was a certain man named Ananias who who with his wife, Sapphira, sold some property. Well, before I, let me, uh, let me read the passage right before that. I'll just tell you about it. Here's what's happening. The early church, here's what they're doing. They're selling everything. They're taking care of each other. I mean, they are obviously, they're a body. They're a family. And they're saying, listen, we're going to sell everything we have. We're going to take care of each other. People are selling their houses and they're helping other people. It's all about just bring everything you got. We're all in this thing together. So that's what's happening. So now we'll go to chapter 5. And uh, let's start reading again in verse 1. But there was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife Sapphira sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit. You kept some money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. After selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Wow. Everyone who heard it, heard about it, was terrified. Then some young, some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, took him out, and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter asked her, Was this the price you and your husband received for the land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, How could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the Spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what happened. I think great fear would grip the entire church. Could you imagine? Hey, is that how much you sold it for? Uh, Yeah. We're going to tell the truth up here in this church, ain't we? Bless God. Don't be lying. But listen, we're not going to, the passage that we're going to talk about, here's what the Lord kind of spoke to me through this. Two things. A lot of people ask this questions about, and I'm not, how could God do that? And, and there's all kinds of stuff out there about that. But this not, we're not going to focus on that right now. Okay, we've talked about it before and we'll talk about it. But let me just tell you this. Here's the verse that stood out to me as I was studying this week. Because I could talk about lying. And I'm telling you, we would have some honest people leave this place today. With the fear of God, like, if I lie, he take me out. Everywhere you go, how are you? Not good. Because we always say we're fine when we're not, right? How many of you do that? You're just used to saying, oh, I'm fine, man, doing well. Liar. There you go. All right? But see, God's not like that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about verse 3. Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? As I was uh, just going through praying this week about, Lord, where, where do you want to go this week? What do you want to speak to us? This verse jumped out at me. I mean, it, it jumped out. And I felt like the Lord said, listen, because of the direction we're going, we just finished before this series, we finished a series called Pathway to Maturity, that we're going to grow up as believers. We cannot be shallow believers that just come to church on Sunday and we're good to go. 
We have to have depth. We have to have something deeper than us because the world, I'm telling you, the world is going the opposite direction. And you can think you're strong enough with one little meal a day spiritually, but I'm telling you, the stronger the world goes in the opposite direction, the tendency for you to follow is going to get a greater and greater and greater. Because we have to be established in the word. Our roots have to go deep in the word of God. So the Lord began to speak to me about guarding our hearts. And uh, we have a ton of scripture that we're going to go through. So today, I'm going to add a few little things here and there. But listen, it's all word today. And if you don't get anything out of this, whew, you're not listening. Because it's the word of God that we're talking about. So let's look at Proverbs 23, verse 7. Find out why is it important to guard our hearts. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know why it's important to guard your heart? Because the way you think in here will be your reality. The way you think, if you listen, and I can only use analogies like with sports and stuff, but playing, playing softball or baseball growing up, when I would ever, we go out on the field, if we thought we were going to lose, we lost. Because you already have set an attitude, you've already set a precedence by what's in your heart. You have to begin to walk this life out with confidence. You have to realize and say, listen, those, even though there's a lot of people around me going the opposite direction, you know what? When I get up in the morning, I can say this. I will stay true. I will walk by the Spirit today. I will walk this thing out. I will fulfill everything that God has for you. We got to be confident, and we have to think in our hearts to help us know who we are. That's why I spend a lot of time telling you, you are not a bunch of sinners. Now, how many of you actually sinned in the last week? If your hand's not up, you just did. You lied. But we're not going to strike you down. Don't worry. Okay, we all mess up. But righteous people fall, but they get up. But the Bible says, right after it says we're sinners, it says God declares us righteous. If you see yourself righteous and you think in your heart, I am righteous through Jesus, then you will begin to see yourself that way and it will determine how you live your life. Let's look at the next verse, Proverbs 4, 23. Guard your heart above all else. Above all else, guard your heart because it determines the course of your life. You have to guard your heart. You have to guard it from fear. You have to guard it from worry. You have to guard it from offense, from unforgiveness. You have to guard your heart because if you don't, it's fair game. It's fair game to the enemy. He'll just come right in and try to destroy everything in there. I remember one time we had an event. I was at a a different church, and they rented out this place for um, uh, NASCAR Speed Park. They rented it out. They had all these games and all these go-karts and stuff, but it was just for our group. But it was at the mall, so obviously everybody's at the mall. And if, if there wasn't someone standing at the door, people would just come in and all the games were up for free and all that stuff. So they would have just enjoyed it. So my job was guard, don't let anybody in here unless they're from the church. And I'm like, well, that's just not nice. But we had plenty of people in the church that we wanted them to be able to experience that. So here's my job for two hours. I stand at the door of NASCAR Speed Park, a pastor. Mean as could be. I mean, am I, do I really look mean? No, like, who's, they're going to come up and I'll, oh, hey, how are you, man? But anyway, I just stood guard. My, my job was to make sure no one comes in that's not supposed to be there. And if they're supposed to be there, I can let them in. But if they're not, and there were several people, a lot of people, because we're at the mall. 
And they're coming in, and I'm just kind of standing there. And I'm not being like, you cannot enter. You know, I'm not doing all that, but I'm just kind of saying, hey, we have this rented out. We're using it. Well, I just want to go in and, uh, well, well, you, you can't. We have this whole place rented out. Man, I just want to go in for a little bit. Sir, you better back up. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, <laughs> sir, we can't. So my whole job was to just make sure no one comes in that's not supposed to be there to protect our kids that are there. That's exactly what we're supposed to do to our hearts is we have to look at everything that's coming our way and determine is this healthy and is this safe for me to allow it to penetrate into my heart. Because if I allow it, out of this whatever's in my heart is going to determine my course of life. So if you let fear and worry be a part of your heart, then you're going to spend a lot of time worrying, full of fear, not trusting God, because you're allowing all this in. Now, does that mean we don't have times like that? Absolutely not. There's times that I, I'm fearful. There's times I'm hurt. There's times I'm, I'm frustrated. But I understand that I have to guard myself from allowing those things to, to rule my life. I can understand that they're there and make decisions based on, okay, why am I afraid? What am I feeling? And deal with it on that sense. But I will tell you this, that we have to guard ourselves. We have to guard our hearts because it determines your life. So technically we could say this. There's areas of your life right now that is because of what's in your heart right now. And if you don't, I've heard someone say one time, if you don't like the crop that you're producing, you have to change the seed you're sowing. You have to put something different. You have to allow something different to go inside. Look at Proverbs 27 verse 19. As a, faith, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. There's a place in Psalms 55 where it talks about your words are smooth like butter, but your heart rages war. Listen, we can talk it all day, but your heart will show you what you really are about. Your heart will, will reflect the real person, not your words. Not your words. Now, eventually your words will change by what's in your heart. But we have, there's plenty of people that can, that can talk a very, very good game. But in their heart, it's different. There's a place, even scripture where it says, you know, you did this, you did this, you did this, but your heart is far from me. See, we, don't, we, we have to guard it. We have to guard our heart. Let's keep going. Why the heart's so important. 1 Samuel 16, 7. The Lord, appeared, the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height. I have rejected him. This is when... Uh, uh, Jesse is lining up. Samuel told Jesse, line up all of your kids. One of your sons is chosen to be the next king. So he lined them all up, but he didn't bring David because David was just a shepherd boy. So David was out there with the, with the sheep. But he brings them all. And the, the oldest one, he's, he's tall and says he's handsome and he's well built. You know, so he probably looked a lot like your pastor. And I'm kidding. It's a joke. He's tall, well built, and he was handsome. And, and so Samuel says, this must be him. This has got to be him. He looks like a king. I mean, he look, I mean, look at him, man. He's cool. He's, he's just, he's, he's, he's got it. And here's what he says. He says, I don't look at that. The Lord doesn't see things by the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at your heart. That's why it's important. Our heart is important. That's what God bases things on. God doesn't, God's not pleased with you because of all the things that you say. God's not pleased with you because of the way you look on the outside. 
He's not pleased with you by what job you have. or he's not. That doesn't impress him. You know what he looks at? Right down in here. What's the core of who you are? And what does it say about you? And how do we, how do we guard that? Luke 8, 15. The seed that fell on the good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. This is the parable of the sower that throws seeds out of four different soils. Only one produces. And the one that produces fruit, a harvest, is the one that falls on good-hearted people. Good-hearted people that we protect our hearts. We guard them. We keep our hearts good toward the things of God. We cling to the word, and it produces a harvest. Matthew 12, 35. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Listen, everything that you produce is going to come from your heart. Every good person that produces good things from a good heart. An evil heart will produce evil things. You know, you ever... uh, been in a, a situation or in a friendship or relationship where you thought everything was fine and then pressure came and all of a sudden you saw something different. You know, I can, now I see where your heart was. And I'm not saying because people struggle, they all have a bad heart, but I'm saying there are, there are times where people can only carry it so far, but at some point, the real you's coming out. You take a sponge, whatever you soak it in, when you squeeze it, that's all that's coming out. You're not going to soak it in water and squeeze out Kool-Aid. You're going to squeeze out water. And if you soak it in Kool-Aid, you're going to squeeze it out, and Kool-Aid's going to come out. Whatever is soaked in, whatever's inside of you, listen, when pressure comes, that's what's coming out. That's what's going to come out of you when pressure comes. So we have to guard, we have to guard our hearts. Look at uh, Matthew 5, 8, the reason why we've got to protect our heart. God blesses those whose hearts are pure. And here's what it says after that, for they will see God. How many of you want to see God? Keep your heart right. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. They will see God. It doesn't necessarily mean that all of a sudden it's like, okay, my heart's pure. Here he comes. Not like that. But you will see God in every area of your life. You'll see God minister to you where you are. You will see God in, in all these areas. You'll see him. You will have an experience with God that you know this is him. Man, God's in this. He's helping me. He's taking care of me. Luke 6, 45. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person, evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. But listen to the last part of this one. What you say flows from what's in your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the reason why this is important, because this is going to determine what this does. And you have power in your words. James 3 says it. There is power in your words. Jesus spoke to the storm. It stopped. Matter of fact, God created this world by speaking. Speaking his word. Let there be. There it is. Let there be. Boom. There it is. All by words. And then James tells us that our words have the power to bless or curse. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. And if you want to speak life, you have to plant life in your heart. Because out of your heart is what you're going to speak. 
So we got to make sure that we're, we're doing that. All right, Matthew 6, 21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Listen, I put this scripture in there because of this. Some people used to say that wherever your heart is, your treasure is. No, where your treasure is, your heart is. You know what that means? Look at your calendar and look at your checkbook. That's going to tell you some of where your heart is. What's treasure to you? What's treasure? People ask me all the time, uh, you know, because I, we had some people that were here not too long ago, and they were visiting. They were friends of ours, and they said, hey, man, you just kind of just take the offering. You don't really talk much. I know some people, they talk for 20 minutes before the offering. I thought, you know what? If, people's, if, if God is in their heart, their treasure will be there. Why do I have to convince people to give? Your, your money and your treasure follows your heart. So that's, that's an issue for you. For me, I give, our church gives, why? Because God is valuable to us. Because God is our only hope. God is our only source. God is everything to us. So our treasure is in him. So we give because that's where our treasure is. Now, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that to cause anyone to feel pressure to give. You don't have to give. You can come here and never give a penny. Because no one in here is our source. God is. But I will tell you this. Your checkbook, your calendar, your everyday thing has to do with where your heart is. We made a commitment last week. We're going to sacrifice, man. We're going to make sure we're spending time with Jesus. We got to spend time with God. If it's important to you, you'll do it. You'll do it. There is no, well, you know, I, I, just, I just got a lot going on. Then it's not that important. Because you're doing something. You're doing something. Find it. I mean, I'm telling you, it, your heart is revealed in where your treasure is. It's revealed. So we got to understand. Now, let me, say, let me show you this about your heart. John 14, 27. Here's what Jesus says when, he leaves, when he's leaving the disciples. He says this. I'm leaving you with the gift. Okay, and here's the gift. Peace of mind and heart. That's the gift that Jesus gave. He gave us the Holy Spirit. And he says, I'm leaving you a gift of peace of mind and heart. Let's go to the next one. Romans 5, 5, and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how God, how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. So here's what's happening. We give our life to Jesus. He begins to deposit in our heart peace, peace of mind and heart, the Holy Spirit, love, that's what he's depositing in our hearts. Let's keep going on this next verse. 2 Corinthians 4. You see, we don't go around pretending about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine where? In our hearts. He's made the light shine in our hearts so we could see the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. The light God, who said, let there be light, he has deposited his light to shine in our hearts. 
as a reference to the glory of God, the face of Jesus Christ. Listen, he deposited the Holy Spirit, love, peace of mind and heart. He deposited that in your heart. Your heart, God put the light in your heart that reflects the glory of Jesus. This is what happens when we give our life to him. Look at the next verse in Galatians. Because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Where? Into our hearts, prompting us to call Abba Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you're his child, God has made you his heir. Listen, now we're children of God. When we make that decision to become children of God, guess what happens to your heart? It's different. It's different. When you give your heart to Jesus, that's what he does. He fills it with love, with peace, with the power of the Holy Spirit, with light that reflects the glory of God. That's in your heart. Every believer that has accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, heart was filled instantly with the light of the glory of God with the spirit of his son, with peace, with love that's greater than anything of our own. That's what happens instantly. Now, listen to this. This is what the Lord was showing me. That's why we have to guard our hearts because here's what we've done. And, I, and here's how a lot of people look at this, that we want to try to get our hearts to this healthy place. And we spend all of our time as Christians trying to do enough. I want, to, I want my heart to get better. I want a better heart towards the Lord. I want a better heart towards the Lord. And that's right. I understand the heart behind it. But we are striving to get to this place where our hearts are so right and our hearts are so good. Can I tell you, the second you gave your life to Jesus, he put all that in your heart. He renewed your heart. He gave you a new heart. The problem is we spend time trying to make something happen. What we're supposed to do is realize we already got it. Let's protect it. That's what God is saying. He's saying, look, I've filled your heart with everything you need. Protect it. Stop trying to do this stuff to fill your heart. Protect your heart. I've already put my spirit in there. I've already put peace in there. I've already put love in there. I've already put the, the light of the world in there. It's already inside of you as a reflection of Jesus. Guard it. Guard it. Why do we have so many believers walking around that look exactly the same as unbelievers? Because we haven't guarded our hearts. So we've allowed the pressure and we've allowed the, the temptations and we've allowed all the struggles to just come on in and be a part of our life because that's the world we live in. And, and we've tried to get someplace that we already are there. We have to guard it. Your heart is full of the Spirit of God. Your heart is full of peace and love. Well, then why am I so afraid? Because you're not guarding it. Instead of getting up facing a situation and realizing, wait a minute, I got the Spirit of God inside of me. But if we don't guard that, then we're like, oh, yeah, you know what? That's true. What if that does happen? And we begin to get worried and we begin to get fearful. And then the more that does, I'm telling you, the seed begins to, I mean, when we're talking about the soil that produces good, the good heart of soil, the soil before that started to produce. But what happened? Weeds grew up and they began to choke the life out of it. 
If you see your heart as a garden, you can't just plant, you can't just love flowers, but you got to hate weeds. You got to hate anything that destroys the life of what you're planting. And if you allow weeds and all that to come in your garden with the flowers you have, I'm telling you, your flowers are going to be affected because you're letting stuff in it that'll destroy it. So we have to guard our hearts because, listen, I want you to know today your heart is full of everything that you need. What you need to do now is step out and realize from this moment forward, I will determine what I allow in here. I will not allow hate in my heart. I'm sorry, I'm guarding it. That person did you wrong. You're right. And part of me wants to open it up for hate and have a hate convention. But I'm not because I'm going to guard it because I know hate will destroy what I've been, what's in there. So I'm guarding it. They don't deserve to be forgiven. But you know what? But if I don't forgive, it's going to destroy the garden that God has in here. I forgive because it's right. And because I care too much about what God is doing in my life. I care more for that than I care about whether he gets what he deserves or not. I got to be free. I got to make sure I live this thing out the right way. I have to guard this. We have to guard it. Let's look at these scriptures. Proverbs 4, 23. We read this one already, but I'm going to read it again because it's going to be the, the start of this. Guard your hearts above all else. It determines your course of life. Think of it this way. You, you're setting the path out for you. You can either choose the one that God has or you can allow other stuff. And you can follow that path. There's only one path that leads to eternal life. And it's the one that you follow with God. Let's look at the next verse. Ephesians 4, 27. In the New King James, it says this. It talks earlier about not letting anger to go down on your wrath. But here's what it says at the end. Don't give place to the devil. Don't give place to the devil. Don't give him one inch of your heart. Not one. You have to close, you have to guard every room in your house. Everyone. You you can't listen. There's a place in um uh is it Proverbs? Well, it's in the Bible. Can't remember the passage. And it's very powerful. But here's what it says. Oh, it's James four. James four around verse eight, it says, Purify your hearts. And then then it goes on to say, you've divided your loyalty between God and the world. You can't. Even the Bible says, hot or cold? Pick one. You're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth, basically. It's basically just saying, it's gross. Hot or cold? Either go for it or don't. But you can't live in the middle. You just can't. You, can, you can't look and say, yeah, but, you know, I see all these other people in there. You know, the grass is greener on the other side. I mean, they're having so much fun. The grass is greener where you water it. So just water yours. Stop looking about everybody else and seeing success or whatever and thinking, I want what they got. Listen, you don't know what's going on with them. Because there's outward success, but inward just torment. But I'd rather be successful inside and let it flow outside. 
knowing I can lay down at night, just rest easy, peaceful. He gives his beloved sweet sleep. We have to be people that do not give one place to the enemy. And I'm just going to tell you, offense gives place to the enemy. Unforgiveness gives place to the enemy. Fear gives place to the enemy. Well, you can't say that. I can say this. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. That's what the Bible says. Doesn't mean that every time a thought of fear comes up, you're like, oh, I'm not a Christian. Doesn't mean that. What it means is like, you know what? Okay, I realize what I'm feeling right now, and I have to guard that from determining my life. I have to guard it. We have to guard our hearts. Look at Luke 21, verse 34. Watch out. Whenever the Bible says that, I'm telling you, just watch out. Okay? It means, hey, watch out. Here's something dangerous. Do not let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness. Now, eat, that, that would be pretty, everybody could get, well, yeah, that stuff's bad. You're out of control if you're all drunk and stuff. I mean, you just don't know what you're doing. You could hurt somebody. You could, carousing, that's, that's crazy. Listen to what else it says. And the worries of life. Puts it in the same category as the other stuff. Don't let your hearts be dulled by the worries of life. If you live your life in fear, listen, you're, you're allowing your heart to be dull. You're, you're allowing things to, to begin to, to quench all that God wants to do in your garden, in your heart. And if you let the worries of life do it, that's in the other translation where it talks about the parable of the sower. That's that other one. It's crowded out by the worries of life, those weeds that grow up and choke out the life of the things you're trying to produce. It's the worries of life. Listen, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, life is crazy. And there are, if you watch the news, you can't help but feel like, man, this place is in trouble. But can I tell you, there's something deeper in you than just that. There's something deeper in you that's the spirit of God that says, but you don't belong to the world. So you're not in trouble. Because the world may fall all around you. But I got you. I got you. Babe. <laughs> Just thought that. That's what it sounded like. He's got us. And I said this last week, and I'll say it again. Look, anytime you start to realize, look at this country and where we're going and decisions that are being made. And, but I'm just telling you, listen, we're just visiting, y'all. We're citizens of heaven. My home, we don't have that stuff in my home. I go, you go different countries, like, wow, we don't do that back where we live. Well, guess what? All this stuff going on now, we don't do that back where, where we live. Now, what, what's our response here? We got to walk in love. We got to walk with compassion, understanding that kindness leads people to repent, not us throwing up all that stuff about how bad everything is. That doesn't, that doesn't do anything for anybody. Guard your heart from that. Guard your heart from trying to let people know how bad they are. Guard your heart from it. That's not what Jesus did to you. He loved you into his kingdom. He loved you into his family. No matter what or who walks through this door, they will be what? Four words. Please say them with me. Embraced, encouraged, 
equipped, and empowered. That's what God's called us to do. And we're going to do it, but we got to guard our hearts so we don't get caught up in all the stuff that's happening and we start wanting to throw our stuff out there. We're going to be people that walk in love. We're still going to stand for what the word says, but we can walk in love towards people as they're on their journey. So let's, what else can we do to help realize that we need to guard our hearts? Look at Psalms 51 verse 10. We could simply just say this to the Lord. Create in me a clean heart and renew a loyal spirit within me. Renew, make it new again. Because it was once new, make it new again. Can I just tell you, if you've struggled in guarding your heart and you know that there's things in your life, in your course of life, that's already been determined by things that you've allowed into your heart, unforgiveness, bitterness, whatever it is, and you've allowed it to be there, I'm telling you, just as simple as this, God, I give that to you, Lord. Create in me a clean heart, a clean heart. You know, when Patty wants to do a garden every year, I got to go, we go out in the backyard, we have to till up the ground. We have to get all the rocks, all the junk out of it that would hinder tomatoes and all the stuff that she plants from really growing. And every year there's stuff in there. I mean, like, how many, where do rocks, they just show up? Someone coming at night and dumping rocks? Like, I, we just emptied it's the same place we had the garden last year. Did you grow rocks? But there's rocks all the time. Concrete. I'm like, what was under here? A house? But we, you know what? Every time we, we clean it, we get the soil ready. You know what? When you, when you say, Lord, create me a clean heart, you know what he does? He cleans you. He renews you. Just like he does when you give your life to him, old things are gone. All things become new. It's that easy. It's that easy. Look at Psalms 139, 23. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. That's a prayer. Some of you, some of us could be nervous to pray. Lord, test me. Okay, not really. Not really. I'm not ready. But search me, God. Know my heart. Because can I tell you, I've noticed even in my life, there's been times where I've realized that there's areas of my life where I can even be a little calloused. Where I just don't even, I've just gotten so accustomed to things being a certain way that sometimes you just, you don't even realize. And there's been times in my life where I've, praying or you know the other day I was in here playing the keyboard and just me and God were just having a great old time and the Lord begins to reveal things in me that I thought man I never knew that I never knew that's where that came from I never knew I even felt that way you know what when we tell the Lord Lord search us know my heart and if there's anything in there that's not right will you reveal it to me because I want to pull that weed out by the roots. I want, to take, I want it out. I want a garden that's full of all the things that you plant. All the stuff that you produce. That's what I want. And I have to guard that. Look at John 14.1. This is a choice for us. It's talking to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. You know why? Because 
Your life is determined by your heart. Therefore, the Lord is saying, listen, because your heart determines your course of life, please don't let it be troubled. And then he tells you how. Trust in God. Trust in me. You want to know how to guard your heart? First, you make the choice. I'm not going to let my heart get troubled. This thing that's coming at me, I'm not going to let it. I'm going to trust in God. 